0: There. Welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson. Joined as always by a convulsing Kevin Zerman. Are you okay? What are you doing? Just warming my hands to get ready here. Oh, it looked like you were moving the shoulders around no. a bit. I was like, what's going on over there, buddy? We're, we're, we're sore. Fine. We need to get loose on a Monday. What's going on over there? My it's not Monday me. either. What's going on with the Phoenix <laughs> Suns, Kevin? Are they ever gonna win a game again? Are they going to go over the rest of the year? Is this where everything? tends it's, to go wrong uh, like it always does in Arizona sports. Are we doomed as a society? Can we talk about climate change for a second? Uh, did you see the icebergs are starting to melt? I'm concerned. I just saw that. Yeah, that's crazy. The Phoenix Suns lost two games in a row uh, in bizarre fashion question mark and we will get into this in in just a minute. Um, we took listener questions one of those weeks where I don't believe there's a ton to talk about right now. We are going to, for you, those of you looking for us to really go in-depth on playing potential matchups, we are going to talk about that on next week's episode. And then, of course, after that, Kevin, it's playoff basketball. We're just talking playoff basketball every time. I believe we're still set to just do after every game like we did last year, uh, even if it's me at a Milwaukee a hotel room at one in the morning, six hours before I have to wake up for my flight or whatever. We're going to be there. We are going to be there like we were last year and here this year. To get to the questions, uh, Kevin started with us, not you. Kevin Humphreys asked us, should we be concerned about how slowly Cam Johnson and Chris Paul have come back from injury, specifically Cam's jump shot and Chris Paul's less than stellar defense? The Suns lost back-to-back games to the Grizzlies and the Thunder that is not a fair representation because the Grizzlies sat four starters. If you don't even count Ja Morant, if you look at the lineup without Ja Morant, it was four of those starters. And then the OKC Thunder are in full on Tankapalooza mode. They sat nine key players, and a lot of these guys have been ruled out already for the rest of the year. But Josh has just been ruled out with soreness. Like it's not even an actual <laughs> Ty Jerome has a sports hernia. You know, like shoulder surgery for Lou Dort,
1: but Josh Kidd. What does just it mean if you're the not even the playing Ty Jerome? Oh, there's my Ty Jerome burn for today. Yikes, yeah, got him. So it was bizarre because
0: the Suns have all their guys back for the most part. They got Cam Johnson and JaVale McGee back against the Grizzlies, and then against the Thunder as well. Uh, both guys were. Back, I I can't remember who there. There's one name I'm forgetting in there. In terms of I'm forgetting the rest. Uh, they rested three guys against the yeah. Thunder: Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Jay Crowder. We were wondering if this was going to come. monty mentioned that uh, it, it, he made it sound like it was a factor that the Thunder are sitting pretty much over. Not pretty much. They are sitting over half of their roster uh, in those games. They lose to the Grizzlies, uh, and then they get blown out by the Thunder, who are one of the worst teams in basketball. Chris Paul is out there. Cam Johnson's out there. Mikkel Bridges is out there. Like They've got capable guys out there, and they got blown out. And to Kevin's question, not you, Cam Johnson, Chris Paul coming back from injury, I just think right now at this stage of the season, especially with the guys that were out, Book, DeAndre, and Jay, Cam and Chris right now I think are really, it's not like they're not focusing on the team, but they are not in the conditioning shape that they need to be in. Cam Johnson specifically mentioned today after shoot-around. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. I said Monday. That was that was a bad start. He said that he was smoked in, in the second half of the OKC game, but he just pushed through it, and that helped him, and then he got more work done yesterday on Monday. That was the yeah, day it was. It I did it. So those two guys are just working through their conditioning. Chris Paul has said after almost every game, like his, his is not where he wants to be. And to your question, Kevin, on cam's jump shot
1: chris's defense like that's legs right there i think that's pretty much all you need to know i think it's one of those where you just like cam said you run through it and it's gonna take a week run after the game i don't know what they do on the basketball team but yeah i'm not concerned until you see a couple playoff games because i think it's gonna be like that's why you have these games to get that bad stuff out and then even if it's a rhythm issue i think you earned the number one seed so you could find a rhythm in the first round against whomever you're playing. So a few games in the playoffs, if you're seeing the same thing and they're losing, yeah, you worry about it. But even if they get to the second round and it's still not clicking exactly, I'm, I don't know how big of a deal you make it. Cause it's that big of a deal that you missed that long of a stretch. Preach King.
0: Uh, I don't care if they get blown out like the OKC game in the last four games of the regular season. I do not care yeah. one bit. I, I know people completely disagree with me and say it will factor in somewhat, and maybe it would.
1: I was well, impressed they got this far without like losing that mental edge, but it, it was bound to come. They're they're losing on like offensive rebounds, hustle plays, that kind of stuff, and yeah, to me, it's they, they just want to get there.
0: The reason why so few teams win over 65 games is that the amount of mental that it takes to, to win at this rate. It's less of a physical thing, in my opinion, just watching it happen. It's more of a mental thing because we saw the Chicago Bulls like a month or two ago. Losers of 8 of 10, they're going through their own thing right now that's over the course of 20 to 30 games. That's the thing, Kevin, is that this is a... People are counting the Golden State game. I, I don't really agree, and Monty doesn't either. When he was assessing where they were at, he he thought that the Golden State game was one that they really showed a lot of effort in. I thought their execution was really bad in, in the Golden State game, and they played bad basketball, but their effort was there, and their yeah. mental focus to try and win was there. It clearly was not in this Memphis and Oklahoma City game. We're talking about two games over the course of three days, and teams go through... A month like this easily. Nearly every team in the league goes through a month like this. The Boston Celtics are the story of the Eastern Conference right now. They went through nearly half a season of this before yeah. they figured things out. It's an extremely rare thing and I just want to keep saying it over and over again right now with this spiel because it's okay that it's happening right now when the Suns have nothing to play for. Wouldn't it have been a lot more concerning if this was happening three weeks ago when they did have something to play for? What about two months ago when they had to worry about the one seed potentially? Like we're They just don't have anything to play for right now until a game like tonight when they can eliminate the Lakers potentially from the playoffs and the play in which you bet they care about uh, that they'll get like I'd be surprised if they look the same tonight. I'll say that. Correct. And that is where if you want to be concerned, I'll phrase it that way. If you want to be concerned in this game when they're not sitting anyone, if they look the same against the Lakers, even if they win and they look the same, that's when those of you that want to be concerned, I give you the right to be concerned. I'm just not going to be, Kevin. I refuse.
1: This team is too good. They've
0: been the best team in the world by a healthy margin. I refuse.
1: Until they lose like two games in the first round or someone hits them with like an Andre Drummond shoulder fake in the post sitting on the bench and they don't respond well to like an obvious like moment where they usually respond well then i yeah our not next worried. question yeah
0: to go less away from current events i don't think there's really anything else to cover over the last week Ife loomberg made his nba debut that was super cool to see in the exact opposite way we expected we expected him to get in there for a blowout uh not an okc <laughs> blowout but he got in there great to see for him Really cool to see some members of the Danish media around us the last couple of days and just to see um, how much that means for the country. Really cool for him to uh, get that opportunity. Our friend Cody Hunt asks, does anyone besides the starters, the Cams, and JaVale crack the regular playoff rotation? The key in his question, Cody, uh, his name's Cody, your name's Kevin. (laughs) Hey, Kev. The other Kevin threw me off where we're yeah, off the rails. Yeah, now we're, we're everywhere. Cody's question, regular playoff rotation. Now, is Cody referring to Western Conference Finals being the regular playoff rotation or just where we're at day one? Because I would be very surprised if the first round is eight guys. I think that Monty will have at least nine guys in the first round rotation, and he might throw a 10th guy out there every now and then. I do think it'll be a nine. Where do they need the minutes more, Kevin, when you look at the team? Because the two guys are Landry Shamit and Torrey Craig. I think Cody's spot on in saying it's the Cams and Javelle, and someone like Cam Johnson specifically. It's so hard to gauge his minutes because so many guys have been out, so we can't say like this has been his minutes. I think that's an interesting research topic uh, for perhaps me to do or someone else listening to do is go look at when the Suns were healthy, how many minutes was Cam playing, because I think he's going to play at least 25 in the playoffs this year, and last year it it could not have been that high. I'm looking right now as I I talk because it relates to this specifically. It relates to what we're talking about because he was a key part of their team last year, especially in the postseason. But with that in mind, he played 21.1 minutes per game in the postseason last year. See how I stalled there while I pulled it up? That was, I'm proud You're of rolling. myself. We're on a Monday, no less. I know it's Tuesday. So can he? Can they get him to 25? Can they get him up there? I don't know. Book was at 40. DeAndre was at 35. 34 for Chris. That was with one arm at times. 33 for Jay Crowder. 32 for Mikel Bridges. That'll go up. Yeah. Uh, he's playing like thirty-six right now in the regular season as <laughs> is twenty-one for Cam, nineteen for Campaign, twelve for Tory Craig, and then ten point five for Dario. We saw Frank Kaminsky for some of the games. Dario didn't play and There was some Etowan Moore, Abdul Nader at times, a little bit of Langston Galloway situationally. That was when they were dealing with the Chris Paul injury, though. I don't have a good answer for this. I think I think it's Shamit. But when you think about playoff basketball, Torrey Craig is playoff basketball with his physicality,
1: with his switching, with his rebounding. So I don't know. I think you approach. If we're talking beginning, I, I think Landry's in it. I think Tory's in it. I think it's ten. Yeah, I think I'm talking I myself into it. I think situationally, Bismack would be in it. Honestly, true. On when do you have a stretchy five or something. Cause if Torell's they have a, great. if they have the six ten and above.
0: Ball handler who's like a physical force, like Giannis, is the. Is the I'm just remembering
1: example. like the Nader minutes last postseason were happening and the, would have happened a were. lot more, right? Because he got he got hurt, yeah. So uh, he came in in the Western Conference Finals like a, he didn't even... he hadn't played like and then I, just got thrown in. There. I kind of see it as they're going to approach it not to the same degree as start of the regular season, but they treat it like a new season where it's like that it's a long. Few months if you go deep. So you, you gotta kind of watch Mikel and you can't just like cut it down to seven right away, right? Even so. Yeah. I think Landry's in it. um You, you gotta give him a chance to. That's why you went and got him because you yes. can play Javon Carter. Yes. So. And
0: to your point on giving him a chance, you cannot have him sit at the start of the postseason and then look to him later because he has been a rhythm guy all year, yeah. clearly, and he is had, he's, had, he's got his best rhythm right now. He needs to play. And I think Torrey Craig needs to play. I think it'll be 10 at the start, and then we'll see who gets cut out of those two. It depends on the matchup. It depends on who they're playing because mm-hmm. there are certain matchups where they will want to go wing-heavy, and maybe they'll play three-wing lineups with Tory Craig, or they'll be fine with two guards. Landry has been Do I dare say, Kevin, that Landry has been as good on defense, if not better than Torrey Craig, or is that too far? Landry's been really good on defense.
1: Yeah, I'll say that. I don't know if Torrey Craig's necessarily been up to expectation, but Landry's been like, huh, he was supposed to not be good, and I never saw him that way, but that was the criticism when they got him, and I just have never seen like, oh, he's not good. Very
0: curious to see what the rotation looks like because I don't think it's been a coincidence uh, the last two games that we've seen Chris Paul campaign minutes together again. Those were excellent for the Suns last year. Uh, I wrote about going into the Lakers series how one of the... I wrote an entire preview piece based around the fact that through injuries and happenstance and all this kind of stuff, we had not gone through the whole year seeing the second unit compromised of Dario, Chris Paul campaign uh, the start of second quarter minutes I should phrase this as Chris Paul campaign Cameron Johnson Dario and then I believe Torrey Craig is it was the other player or maybe it was like Mikel Bridges in there those four or whatever it was hadn't played together pretty much all year But Dario was awesome that year. Cameron Johnson was really coming onto his own. And then, of course, like the Chris Paul campaign minutes together without Dario or without Cameron Johnson because Cam missed the last couple of games last year. We're really coming together. Keep an eye on that in these last couple of games. Keep an eye on Monty moving his rotation a certain way because I think the one thing that he does not want to do is tweak the rotation at the start of the first round. He wants to do it a little bit beforehand if he's got it going a certain way. So keep an eye on how it looks tonight for sure in the Lakers game and, and how it looked, I guess, if you're listening to this later but yeah 10 10 to start yeah. western conference finals do you think it's still good i think it'll still be nine i think it'll be eight or nine yeah i think it'll go nine and then it,
1: it, dire straights is when he'll cut it to eight if cam johnson plays well though i guess tory and tory craig's not shooting because his shot has just not been on for most of his time since he got traded i could see him getting cut out if cam johnson just gets back to where he was before that injury but that that's a big if too lots of ifs at the moment but I think it's a time thing and getting into shape thing for those guys. He went. He played nine uh, in the conference
0: finals last year. Cameron Johnson, 24 minutes a game, yeah. uh, 14 for Torrey, 10 for uh, Dario, and then Etwan Moore even played four of those six games. I don't know if that was blowouts at the end or what that was necessarily. I'm guessing it was. And then for the finals, just if you're even more curious – uh, the starting five typically out there, Cam Johnson's minutes were right around what we talked about campaign, but then Tori Craig's minutes dropped to just 11. Um, so he did wind up going to pretty much eight, and it was one of those things where DeAndre played 38 minutes a game. So it, yeah. was, it was the 10 for whoever was really at there at center, which was Frank sometimes, sometimes it was Dario, and then sometimes, of course, with Torrey, they were going small. And that's, again, where if they get a kind of matchup, they might just go small because Jabell is different than Dario. Dario, that, you're pulling everyone out at least, and you're playing five outs still in a way, but with Jabell, you're not.
1: Didn't, that does change something. That's going to be an interesting thing from the finals. Didn't Monty say, like, I wish I had played Frank more once yep. Dario got hurt in, instead of the small ball? So, like, whether he's able to play again matters. And I, I guess just from a bigger phil- philosophical debate in monty's head like does that regret kind of impact how you approach the first round where like yeah you want to have a set rotation but if he doesn't like something does he try something like that like in games two three of a series like play bismack if he's just a better matchup instead of javel
0: I know your answer here, but just to appease, like the end, the rest of the depth. Do you think it's more likely we see Biombo or Holiday be the first guy to be like, Ooh. "Oh, Monty's mixing it up, and he's throwing Holiday out there, he's throwing Biombo out there." Biombo, I think.
1: You think Holiday?
0: I think Holiday would have had a shot two weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know, head, what's but he just stopped playing, and I don't know what happened. Yeah, because he was playing well. Um, usually, when that happens, people just trust that the coaching staff knows what they're doing. By the way, mm-hmm. people are like, "Why is Alfred playing over?" Here? Well, it, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Moni's just not. Do-, do you think Monty's ignoring the three weeks of great basketball Aaron Holiday played on the court off the bench? Like, there's a reason. Saddle. We all know. I think Alfred sticks too. By the way, if you if you had to pick, does Alfred stick over Ish? I don't think we can even throw Ife in the conversation Ooh. because he hasn't been there.
1: Tori I, has I, been kind of like on and off a bit. Cause yeah, I mean Tory really is what Ish is, and neither really have gotten a groove shooting which would kind of separate them as the switchy big yeah i think alfred might because alfred you can play at the two also i think you have to contextualize
0: it like if chris misses a game in the postseason or Mckell misses a game in the postseason more in those so let's say Mckell misses a game and you have alfred mm. christmas is a game you have ish which situation hurts you more See, that's why it's tough. That's what you got to be thinking about. I don't know. I can't say right now. I'd have to really like sit down and draw it out. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yemi, I believe it is. Not going to try and pronounce your last name, but thank you so much for listening and sending in a question. What's your ideal path to the championship among these options? I got to look at this. And the way that we're going to do this, because we're going to look at it the opposite way where who are the worst matchups for the suns because i think that's an easier way to do it because they match up better with so many people by the way kevin before we completely move off the rotation thing isn't it good to have a team like that
1: where you can just have like six different options
0: <laughs> we're talking about like if they play this kind of team they can do that
1: Not a lot has, of teams can do that monty stresses over such the minute tiny like things that really any other coach should just be like i got seven guys who are good at basketball
0: Okay, for the first round, and you're writing a story on this right now, Kevin, so clarify here exactly where we sit Tuesday afternoon. Because technically,
1: as I go to pull up the standings, there's some uh, funky stuff that could still happen. There are seven teams currently that could be in the play-in round, which is four teams, which means the Suns could play any one of seven teams in the first round at this point, technically. So Denver, Utah, and five, six places in the West – are still tonight if i think both of them win and minnesota loses then minnesota then they're safe not going to be in play in so that might be done tonight um wolves probably looking like they're going to be the 7 clippers are in 8th and they're locked cuz they're not close to anyone at this point i think the clippers are locked in
0: 8th and the and the minnesota is locked in 7 or above yeah minnesota yeah, yeah, cannot yeah. drop to 8 no. which doesn't matter in the in the means of this conversation but uh, New Orleans is either going to be 9, 10, or 11. Mathematically, the Lakers could still get to 9. Yeah. Uh, guess what, Chief? That ain't happening. Uh, so we'll see what goes the magic on. number I mean,
1: for them, if Lakers lose or they win tonight, I think Pelicans play tonight, then they're locked at 9, I believe. Lakers'
0: yeah. tragic number is 2 uh, for them. To, and the tragic number, uh, I don't know if Matt Moore came up with that, but he's one who says it all the time. Great term. By the way, Kev, uh, I did not know this. Uh, Warriors are back up to 3. They've won two in a row. They are one up on the Mavs in the loss column at three. That is a very good thing for the Suns if they can just. Man, I, I was just talking to someone in the office earlier. Uh, our, our good pal Taylor Kinney, former guest on this show, <laughs> I was saying still like I think whoever they play in the second round, I think they're going to smoke pretty easily. Still, um, even if it was the Warriors, I, I felt hmm. that way. Uh, that matters. what We will table round. that. We will table that conversation, but I thought if they got him early enough before they got their mojo rolling, now yes. th- we won't get into it. Um, I think whoever they play in the first or the second round, but it is important if Memphis and Golden State stick a two or three because Dallas, Denver, we're not, nah, we're not sweating that. I don't think we're not sweating Utah especially with the way that they're in a tailspin right now. No, uh, Minnesota. I mean, you can. We'll talk about the Clippers here in a bit. That's the conversation we're having right now, actually. So we should kind of get to that to answer Yemi's question instead of talking around it. Our apologies, friend. (laughs) We will get to you. First round, who are you sweating? I think the answer here is pretty obvious. So the candidates are, let's just treat it like uh, Denver and Utah are sticking at five and six for now. Let's just treat it like that to make this easier on ourselves. We have got Minnesota, the Clippers, who, by the way, Kevin, the scary 1-8 matchup of the the Los Angeles Clippers uh they are 39 and 40 I think I need to we need to say that out loud a <laughs> couple of times the Los Angeles coach Clippers of the Year candidate Tyron Liu great guy great coach 39 for him, but... in 40 they have had a lot of injuries Paul George has been out obviously you no know Kawhi played well when he came back one game I don't even know lately they are 25th in offense and they are 10th in defense Again, we're talking about a team that's there for a reason. I, I know that they're, and and I'll say this now, they are my pick, but I'm going to say they are my pick of the worst matchup for them just because of where the other teams are at. Before I go on any further, I will let you uh, give your pick, unless you want to think about it a little bit more. You want me to go or you to go?
1: I said Pellies are up there. Ooh. Give me your case. Willie Green knows them. They've played them well this Mm -hmm. season. They match up well. Herb Jones has kind of bothered Book. Like, I know he got his, like, last game, but that first meeting, he was in his pocket, and he got hurt, I believe, left, and then the game got away from New Orleans. They beat him once. Um, This last game was kind of a blowout, but there were still signs where it was like, they they know what they're doing. Um, McCollum has had good games zion would make a difference and be a matchup problem i don't know where brandon ingram is so injuries are this is why it's hard like clips yeah if Kawhi magically appears but that's not gonna happen right every single team has theoretical
0: uh problems minnesota has carl anthony towns who there are only great starting five I don't want to put a number on it, but let's say there there are somewhere between 10 to 20 players. I do not believe this would happen in a New Orleans matchup, to be clear. There are 10 to 20 players in the league who could be the best player in a series against the Suns. They could do it. Carl Anthony Towns could absolutely be that guy. He is immensely underrated. He's a borderline top 10 player in the league right now. In my opinion, there's like six or seven other guys in that discussion behind the 10 spot. That's where we talk about Dallas, for example, Denver with Luka and and, and uh, Jokic, of course utah eh, but we go through there the clippers though are the same thing to me and where i look at minnesota and la is what are the differences between them minnesota incredibly long and athletic team that forces turnovers unlike anyone else in the league i don't know if they're still number one in turnover percentage defense in terms of the number of turnovers they face they force per game but they were up there we'll get more into that next week the clippers just Ty Lu doing stuff and, and a group that works together well. They know how to play defense together well. Everything moves well. They're just a... I hate the cliche of they're an incredibly well-coached team because it doesn't give players credit for playing together. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say here is that they're an incredibly well-coached team. But that a lot of that is because the players just work really well together on both ends of the court when they're in those high-leverage kind of situations. The Pelicans... McCollum and Ingram could average 30 a game each in in, in a series. They're both capable of scoring 40 in any game pretty much. And then if Zion comes back, even if it's 15 minutes off the bench, there's no one like him in the league. To act like he wouldn't be a plus for New Orleans is just foolish in my opinion because he is incredibly impactful even in a limited role. The Spurs have the master sorcerer known as Greg Popovich, but they are also about 300% less talented than the Suns, and I don't think it would matter at all so we can take them out and th- and this is where i end up on the
1: clippers kevin yeah minnesota first it would be their first go did i say pelicans i changed my answer minnesota just a paul george i think
0: minnesota would be their first go yeah i'm 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 it depends on paul george but minnesota it's their first go it's yeah. just different for teams in their first postseason. They have a lot of young pieces that play for them. They do. I, I know Pat Bev's going to be there. I know Carl Anthony Towns play, got there with with Jimmy Butler one time. But we're talking about Anthony Edwards, who still, who just turned 22, 21. two, twenty one. We're talking about guys
1: like McDaniel's, guys like Hakeogi, like guys. They don't have gonna, the like. They have some guys on the bench, but I don't trust that bench either. To, you know, if if Anthony Edwards has a bad game, I wouldn't also expect Jalen Noel to pick up where he left off you know so
0: Malik Beasley Nas Reed Jalen Noel Torian Prince Jared Vanderbilt Vanderbilt especially is a guy like all those all those players I like and they're good and they're and they have the reasons to be fearful of them but with that in mind I don't think you're sweating it too much I think that D'Lo specifically would get picked on like no other in this series they would just take him off the court defensively and I know he's been much better on that end to help their defense be as good as it's been um, Malik Beasley is interesting as a heat check guy I mean we'll get in more of so, that next week but
1: we settle on Clippers first round then
0: yeah and just because the same point on the Pelicans it's like CJ just got there two months ago it's like their cohesion is nowhere near the suns like yeah. they would just get out executed but I put them above Minnesota because of the Willie Green factor that has mattered in these games yeah like Willie Green knowing their stuff and knowing what works against it has mattered in these games he has won the coaching matchup in the in the year, in the regular season, between these two teams, Willie Green has been the better coach because he's known what uh, Monty likes to do and knows all. His I, I don't think you can necessarily
1: on. go matchup hunting against that team super easily either. No, they're they're kind
0: of stingy a little bit defensively. Yeah. They're a little bit stingy and look dealing with Jonas like is not easy. No, that is that is a tall task and and that's a struggle. That's been a struggle for DeAndre in some senses too. So I will say that every team produces its uh, qualms uh the series would not go five games or longer even if Kawhi comes back i'll say that out loud on a podcast right now Ooh. Kawhi could come
1: back i don't care it's going five or less i could see it going an easy six nope even without not happening you think okay any series any of these picks you don't think Suns will get out get to six games in the first round maybe
0: i'm trying to manifest this so i don't have to take another flight somewhere but no <laughs> okay not happening that's interesting second round maybe that's where you can go into your theory of they go two and five in these last seven games or whatever i think they and could you. screw around to start the playoffs that is where you're that is that is where it would be
1: correct like maybe they, I'm more they drop one of the first two games at home it's like what's going on here yeah maybe i'm more afraid of the recent stretch than i'm letting on oh
0: but <laughs> as i wrote about on ArizonaSports.com. They went 7-1 and one in the first two games of each se- series last year. Yeah. They thrived at home. They thrived at the start of series specifically. That really matters in first-round matchups like this where a team's trying to take a game. 2-0 in the finals, even. Like when the Clippers got plucky with the Warriors, that one beautiful Pat Bev, Lou Williams, Montrez season that I love dearly. Uh, didn't happen. Second round. We're no. looking right now. No. Let's treat Memphis and Golden State like they're the 2-3. Let's do that. Memphis. Dallas, Memphis. Denver, Utah.
1: Dallas, Denver, and Utah. Denver is the hardest, but that actually for some reason I'm thinking the second round's easier. Based on that. If dubs are not in there. Should I be more worried about Denver? Maybe.
0: Who are you saying for second round again?
1: Nuggets are the hardest. Most difficult. But you're still, like, in that mindset of, like,
0: it'll be pretty simple.
1: I don't know why. They're, in theory, a lot better than the team they played, Denver team they played last season in the playoffs. Ready to play a game? Yeah.
0: The Suns have their starting five, and they have Cameron Johnson. Stop me when I get to a player. Who is better than one of those six? (laughs) Reggie Bullock. Dorian Finney-Smith. Jalen Brunson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe recently. Dwight Powell. No. Maxi Kleba. No.
0: The Wildcats own Josh Green. No. Uh, Yeah, that Dallas supporting cast is still rough, man. I can't talk myself into it. They have dominated Dallas in these matchups. They have a way of... uh, The Mikel-DA thing was something that our friend David, our Australian correspondent, pointed out like three years ago when Mikel and DA were defending them and like, they just know how to do this. They've got an exact feel for the exact amount of space they need to give him, how to, when they want to blitz together, they know how to do it. There's this chemistry that Mikel and DA have as a defensive duo in the front and the back side of a... Uh, there's a different way of phrasing it yeah just in ball screen situations where Mikel's on the ball and DeAndre's behind him I guess that's a better way to phrase it they have a great feel for doing it against Luka it has been a huge factor every time these teams play against each other
1: like the the Luka Dwight Powell rim rolling duo I don't know what it is this year but it's it's a thing it's powerful but not against the Suns and that's pretty much all they got going for them
0: those were the leaders in minutes per game for the Mavericks since the All-Star break, by the way. those That was the order uh, that, I, that I read there. I just can't really get through it. Okay. In a playoff series, Dorian Finney-Smith, does he guard Chris Paul or Devin Booker? Chris Paul. Reggie Bullock guards? Devin Booker? Yeah. Who does Jalen Brunson guard? Jay Crowder? I don't know. <laughs> then who does Luka Doncic guard? Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Or saying.
1: you just put Brunson on I'll CP and go more traditional? I guess. Yeah. Probably. But it still puts. But then Luka it's on. J- then it's uh,
0: maybe, on Then it's maybe six feet tall. Jalen Brunson guarding Chris Paul. Yeah. I smell trouble, Kev. Uh, I don't see it for Dallas. That that was my mm-hmm, spiel no, yeah. on them. Do we have to talk about Utah? No. Okay. We don't. We definitely don't. <laughs> the sneaky answer here is Utah, if we were talking a month ago, but I, I still haven't listened to it yet, but Mike Vigil and Sam Cooper told me that the end of the last low post with Tim McMahon was them just rattling off concerning thing after concerning thing that's is, happening
1: with the Jazz right is now. Is 4 still playing for them? No offense, but like that's a sign where it's just they're... They're a little cooked on the back end. Rudy Gobert
0: is talking about accountability and communication in the locker room in April.
1: It's just they're not that good. Like they're they have to carry them. Yeah. Go carry them Rudy. Rudy. I think the low key answer is Utah still because
0: Donovan Mitchell always shows up for this matchup and he's been phenomenal in some of these games. There was the game here that Utah won. Donovan was great. And there was the one last year in the 1v2 game. uh, The number one record was number two that was in like March, I think, or April of that year. Regular season was pushed back a little, but it was still like 50 games in the year. And Donovan had like 35, 40. He was incredible. Uh, They kind of are the answer, but to me, it's Denver. No question. I don't think you get a break again with Jokic, and I I mean to phrase it that way because none of us could have potentially seen it going that way where DeAndre just flat-out outplayed him in the series. I just don't think that can happen again. And specifically, you want to talk about motivation, Jokic specifically wanting to prove, like, I am the MVP of the league and that was unacceptable, and I've been thinking about this every day since it happened. Like, I'm not going to get swept by you guys again, and I think they would
1: put up a fight. His brothers threaten deandre's life or something scary their biggest weakness as a team was
0: their second unit and they have really come on to something with bones highland and boogie cousins to the point where Jokic's plus minus is his net rating the last time i looked it was like a week ago since this whole boogie renaissance is about like zero to two Jokic's, and then boogie and highlands are like 12 15 boogie is like the
1: perfect anti-suns pick up midseason for them like that that was like to me like a oh if we run into the suns this guy will be like a swing factor i know he he didn't look good last year but he's had some games and that the stretch fives who can rebound really screw with them javel too not ayton really he would be the we
0: have to box this guy out like you can't box out guys like boogie you can you can get a body on him but you he's staying there (laughs) like that is a massive human being like i know he's a little bit small for a center 611 or whatever but he is massive memphis or golden state who's scarier golden state yeah easy it seems like disrespect to Memphis to to phrase it this way and just brush it aside, but I just everyone knows I am the purveyor. I don't even know if I use that word right of bat of playoff basketball. Once I see it in the playoffs, you're good with me. I'm not gonna count the four or five games they played against the Jazz. I'm pretty sure it was four. It might have been five. Did they get a game? What I remember is like Dylan Brooks averaged like thirty a game in that series, and Jaw put up incredible numbers, and they showed that like we're we're next up. That was a that was the best indication we ever got last year that they were coming. They won game one, uh, and then they lost the next four.
1: Yeah, 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 that sounds right. And I don't know the Jaw knee thing is vague. Thirty a game for Jaw in that series, twenty six a
0: game for Brooks in that game. They were both stupendous. To your point, Kev. Steph Curry and John Moran are still not playing basketball. Like I not That's true. Draymond Green has looked better. I watched. I can't remember which Warriors game it was. I watched one of the two that they won recently, and Draymond looked better. Then he was moving. Uh, it was the Suns game. Duh. He, he looked. He looked. <laughs> I was <better>. wondering. Like <laughs> I was
1: like. I was like. I watched a Warriors game. I mean, yeah. they they cited that as being like Draymond's like back to his old self, even though we lost
0: memphis has just got a lot of guys that are just i need to see it in the playoffs. I, I don't
1: believe here's the thing though i they don't they don't have a chris paul that's do, what when of. and if do you see clay thompson kind of breaking through at any point like is it and this is what your point was where you hit them in the second round or you hit them in the finals oh. conference finals I don't know if Clay looks like he can get it together Mm. even by then. No. The sound I
0: just made was thinking about him guarding Book the whole series. Book will eat him alive. And that's guarding him the whole series. That's
1: just one of those like dudes move different for like a whole year. That's why that's why Dario's still sitting out. That's why I'm putting my hands up with full respect of the defender. Clay Thompson has been in the NBA. Yeah.
0: He's just not moving the same. He's just not moving the same. That's why
1: Jamal Murray still isn't back. That's why I don't know what the hell is
0: going on with Kawhi. But. Can Clay score 40 in any game in that series? Yes. Can he defend Devin Booker the whole series? No. He can't. With the way that he's been moving, at least he can't. Obviously, They would if he's target like, the heck out of him. Yeah. Again, reminder: Game six of the uh, against the Lakers, they put Anthony Davis through every single motion for the first like five plays. Basically, like, can you move? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't move. Okay, okay, bye bye. See you later. <laughs> We're up seventeen to four, whatever. Now, and the game's
1: over. Jordan Poole's good though, so I don't know. I like Kaminga, man. Yeah, I like me some Kaminga. They... Yeah, I don't want to mess with them
0: until Andre Iguodal, it doesn't look like. The Clark Kent Superman transformation in the playoffs, we will not doubt our fellow Wildcat brethren, because he does it every year. I'm sure he's going to do it again this year to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, the Warriors are the easy answer. We haven't mentioned Stephen Curry, by the
1: way, who is... I'm assuming he's going to be back and as good as he has been this the year. The
0: whole John Hollinger point from three months ago on the Suns don't have like a superstar, that is the entire fear, basically, there, is that... Steph can have average 35 in a series without blinking, and then you're done. Giannis can have one of the 10 best finals performances of all time, and you're done. Like, that's what can happen. Finals? He lists the Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, and Heat. That's a good list. The Bulls' slander is unbelievable. Unbelievable uh i'm just joking zach levine just doesn't look like himself he said he's got to just play through this knee injury he's not going to make it any worse he did he just doesn't look he some games he looks like himself sometimes he doesn't No, i'm just shaking my head miami what yep huh i said it miami not worried about them bucks oh i'm worried about them bucks but uh miami I think if you look up and down in terms of matchups, in terms of style of play, in terms of how the series would go, everything, they've got they've got everything. Okay, big three. Booker, Paul Aiden, Lowry Butler, bam. I know the Miami side's worse. Relax. I know it's worse, but that's problems. Supporting cast. You got Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, campaign, blah, blah blah blah. Tyler Hero. You got Duncan Robinson, Max Struess. You're shaking your head. You don't buy it? No. You're not on the heat train? No. Not even a little bit? You're at 7? I... (laughs) No. Can we eliminate Philly from this discussion? Is Kyle Lowry...
1: Is Kyle Lowry very functionally good anymore still? Like... Interesting.
0: You're, you're, You're going
1: there. He's not really a scoring threat anymore i know that's not that important i just don't see them having enough pop like i don't know if the bucks have five guys man the, the heat have nine i just think the bucks are an awful matchup for the suns
0: these are the nine lowry butler bam hero pj tucker duncan robinson gabe Vincent, Struess, caleb martin no no
1: I think they're well, going to get exposed okay. at some point.
0: Are we entertaining Boston?
1: Maybe. Are we entertaining we Philly? Should. No.
0: Me neither. I made a joke the week after Harden got traded in the media room and no one could tell if I was kidding or not, and I then told them, like, I'm kind of not kidding. I was like, oh, yeah, that story about like Harden like, not accepting his player option or whatever. <laughs> And they're like, oh yeah, I was like, oh yeah, he's just gonna decline that and leave after they get bounced in the second round. I'm kind of kidding. I realize that they can offer him a gargantuan amount of money compared to anyone else, but like, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm I'm out on that guy. No, yeah, I don't see it. I would need to see it to believe it. And even if they get there, like, I'm still
1: not. I don't buy it. I don't know about. I just feel like Boston. I should consider because Do you of have the defense.
0: Miami below Boston.
1: No. Okay.
0: So you, you're you with me, at least, with Miami and Milwaukee at the top. Yes. Okay, but you think there's a big gap between Milwaukee and Miami? I think so. Do you fear Miami more or Golden State more? Golden State. I don't know, man. I think we're sleeping on these Miami Heat, folks. I think we really are. This is going to look bad when they get bounced in the second round or whatever, <laughs> but, or lose uh, to KD, but... I think Miami's legit, man. I think they're really good. Spo in a playoff series. I I think they've just constructed and found a roster where this guy here, this guy there, in the same way that you talk about Memphis finding Dylan Brooks. Oh, yeah, I remember when they said Tyce Jones to a four-year $32 million deal. What was that? Oh, well, it's the one of the best backup point guards in the league right now and one of the best teams in the league. They've done that in their own kind of way. I just think their five through nine of a roster is actually really good, and it doesn't
1: get enough credit. How have they done since the SPO blow up? Well, I assume. Oh, is that why you're out? No, but I'm curious. I don't even
0: know. They're 51 and 28 right now. It looks like they're doing pretty good. They won four straight. Yeah. Wasn- wasn't that against Brooklyn? Yeah. They've won four straight. Boston, Chicago, Sacramento, Toronto.
1: Last three on the road. Okay. I hear you. I just like top end talent doesn't scare me on that team.
0: You know, it's a problem for my theory
1: what Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot threes anymore or he can't he did when they won a title a little bit or
0: got to the title game I mean if you had to guess Jimmy Butler's three-point percentage Kevin oh no 20 22.7 yeah two a game 87 at the line 87 at the line what in the world that was a fun exercise watch out for those roaring Miami Heat folks you heard it here first. I think Milwaukee is still like that's my hot take is that I have Milwaukee and Miami above Golden State.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I had to rank the 30, I agree with
0: that. That's my on hot the take. Books. It's just a war. They've been so bad over the last two months. They've been a bad basketball team the last two months the the comments coming out of there Kerr Green was Draymond was like yeah we're playing soft and stupid right now I've been terrible like that's that's what he's been. it's like we got three weeks to go that's why this
1: (laughs) that's why the Suns playing poorly for like two games in the grand scheme of things like I I fully expect the Golden State Warriors to figure it out
0: okay two questions will tie together and this is again for the 7-8 talk that we probably did a little bit too much on to kind of just dip our toes (laughs) into something we'll be talking a lot about in the next couple of weeks Uh, Justin asks will Mikel continue to score at his current clip through this playoff run and then Connor asks is DeAndre's ability to post up and score and mismatch opportunities the biggest swing skill for the Suns in the 2022 playoffs feels like their biggest counter for teams going five out to try and level the playing field yeah Uh, to to both of those I I think DeAndre the swing skill I don't even know if I would determine it as I wouldn't call it a skill I would just say the Suns ability to do it yeah Because I don't think it's on DeAndre's ability to do it. I think it's on the team doing it together. Because sometimes he's not looking. Sometimes they are looking. We've talked about
1: that a lot. What do you think about Mikel? What pace are we talking here? It's a great question. Uh, He's averaging 17 points per game since Christmas. Shooting 54% from the field. Okay. If we go with that, yeah. I think that... I I would honestly say that over the DA thing. Because like you said, the DA thing's more... I guess they found it, but McKell being able to score at a higher rate because I think that's kind of what went missing when Book had to carry everything and CP was hurt. Campaign can't, you know, with all due respect, as great as he played, he can't score twenty points every game in the playoffs, um, especially when he's the backup. So I just think McKell playing those minutes, being able to take off the dribble and, and you know Da's part of that where it's McKell finding DA and McKell making plays and Cam Johnson goes into that too so yeah I think we're talking about how did this team get better from last year what will they have to improve on just I know book CP it's hard to take both of them out but Milwaukee figured it out Connor is asking because of the Warriors that's why he's asking
0: um We've seen it against the Warriors enough the past two three seasons for me to believe it. Playoff basketball, different thing. But for we've da, seen it yeah, that's
1: that's big. We've for seen da
0: embrace the lineup. He had one game this year where he just smoked him. He yeah, twenty five or thirty, whatever it was in that game. He was great. Mikel Bridges, you. I love a good guessing game with you, Kevin. He took one hundred and forty five shots from the mid range last season. If you had to guess how many he's taken this year, how many would you say he's taken? With that in mind, so last year he took he took quite a few more than he did the year before but he was at 145 what would you put the number at this year 350 304 he might so So he's going to be right around there he has more than doubled he went from 22 percent of his total attempts from the mid-range last year to 36 percent this year that is in the 86th percentile among wings according to clean the glass so he takes more mid-range shots than most he shot 50 percent last year from the
1: mid-range kevin what do you think he's shooting this year I'll go 52. 51. Yeah. He's sticking. He's just... It's short mid-range stuff, and his arms are so long, it takes two feet off the... (laughs) Finger on the pulse, my man.
0: Uh, 57% he is shooting from the short mid-range. Only 33 on long mid-range. That is 67 total shots. Yeah. So those are like the uh, 15 feet out. Yeah, when it's 10, that's money. That's not really a shot, but in there, uh, 29% of his total shots... 237 in that short mid-range spot that's basically percentile. like you
1: with your like little hoop on hanging on your door in your bedroom when you're like shooting it from like three feet out for him like i'm doing a shooting motion. oh yeah the video i took of me like shooting on the yeah i i'm reliable. i mean any human not specifically you oh, okay yeah any normal-sized human with the tiny hoop on their door that's what it's like for him Yes, from 10 feet That's out. what I'm trying to say here.
0: I think we have seen the mid-range become far too consistent in his game for it to suddenly fade like it did in the postseason last year. I uh, I don't know. In the mid-range last year, Kevin, in case you're curious, in the postseason, he still shot 51% on those numbers. Just not. 24% of his total attempts. Yeah. Um, but he it, so it was it was oh it was
1: there, but it just wasn't enough. It popped it started, up then though, didn't it? Like when in last season did we start to see? Oh, he's got a little. I feel like it was. It was last year, yeah. Denver series or something.
0: The ten footer. I mean, he had the, the game two of the finals where he scored twenty seven or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he just wasn't getting the ball enough, and Monty said it a couple of weeks ago or two weeks ago. He's seeking the ball now. He's seeking it. Uh, I wouldn't bet either I just think both are a thing now I think that are they going to struggle to get the ball to DeAndre still in those switching situations yes they're going to struggle it's a hard thing to do especially against playoff caliber defenses but they are far far better at it than they were a year ago they are much much better and then Mikel specifically I just think he's figured out a mentality and an edge to his game now where he is like yeah I am a 20 point per game guy in this league right now yeah, that's the thing. If he was, if he takes his skill set and goes to a eight seed or whatever, he's averaging twenty twenty two a game right now in the league easily. He, I hesitate to say this because it's on low volume, but he's one of the best mid range shooters in the league right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far if he's like the number one scoring option, but if he's on a team with other ball handlers, yes. He's he's in the group of
0: whoever you classify in like that floater range or whatever. He should be mentioned. Maybe I should phrase it that way because that's that's unfair to the guys who are sinking eighteen footers with regularity like tomorrow, book, KD. Like he's
1: it's all first step stuff like catch yeah. and go. You know, weak side. The statistical profile is insane though. Yes. I mean, he's shooting yeah, yeah. he's shooting a career high seventy nine percent of the rim this year.
0: That's bonkers. Our last question this is not something we've talked about. Uh, Give us your thoughts on the likelihood of Cam Johnson, DeAndre, and both being extended. We have tabled this conversation, uh, and we are going to continue to table it, but I wanted us to briefly touch on it just so we don't go into the playoffs, post-playoff podcast talking completely fresh. We are at the point now with the season that Cam Johnson has had where you can actually start to wonder if they're going to be able to keep everyone because the luxury tax bill would be so high that even I know the way that people feel about Sarver and all this kind of stuff, but we are approaching the point where you would need to be in that Balmer-Lakob territory where you're just paying $100, $200 million a season extra to keep these guys together, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Now, I, don't, I still don't know why they didn't sign DeAndre anyway, because even if you felt this way a year ago, you have him on the deal already. You can still trade him. Like, it's yeah, it's that kind of thing. Let me let me just phrase it this way instead. Since we're already talking around it, would you rather them keep DeAndre or Cam if it comes down to that this offseason? I think it's a pretty obvious answer.
1: It's DA. You think so? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it's Cam. But you can do that. And you're... Reaction if you keep Cam is easier. It's you get rid of Jay. You get rid of Dario's salary. I think those are the
0: steps to come, I believe. Yeah. I, I think that's what's coming. Um I don't know anything. I'm not I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying that that is coming with time. They're not I don't think they're gonna trade Jay in the off season. I think that's something they're going to have to consider with how much money they're about to go up with. Again, like some of this money comes in at different times. Yeah. Cam is not going to be on this money right away, just like Mikel isn't on his money right now, but Mikel is going to be on that money next year. DeAndre is going to be on that money next year if you still have him. And But the like guys like Dario, Shamit, that's when you have to start to like dance around and be like, okay, what do we that's do? That's why the
1: Shamit thing's like, that adds up. Yeah.
0: It's, it it's no bueno. Um, but yeah, we we will we will table do, that conversation. Do we answer
1: the question? What was the question?
0: Give us your thoughts on the likelihood, likelihood, of both of them being extended. I think pretty I think good, high, yeah, pretty good. Them now, them keeping both of them. I don't know. Uh,
1: I think you work around it because if we're looking at sustainability, Chris Paul is not sustainability, but Chris Paul is Chris Paul, so you keep him, right? I think you get that group together and you figure it out from there if you want to keep your core together. And I think DA is just like... We saw, like as well as JaVale, as well as Biombo have played, there are the moments where you forget that DA is not them. And
0: Oh yeah, I'm not sitting here trying to diminish DA, I'm just saying wings like Cam Johnson don't really exist across the league just like wings like Mikel don't really exist yeah I think that it's way harder to find guys okay it is to
1: find I just think I wouldn't be surprised if they did the scary thing and let DA walk or talk to other teams but I think it's a lot easier to extend cam and worry about the money there later the timing isn't
0: terrible for them in in a couple of years from now Um, you've still got booked two more years on his deal after this year this deal looks good now Looks great. Uh, guess what, Kev? If he makes first or second team All-NBA, which seems like he's going to, it's going to get pretty deep, expensive coming up in 24-25. But the thing is, that first year of Book's extension that would kick in, that's the last year of Chris Paul's deal. That's where we talk about the non-guarantees in his deal now. Um, but like the thing that starts happening is Mikel making like next year alone, if I just sort by salaries for next year, Booker 33... Chris Paul, 28. Mikel, 20. Mm-hmm. DeAndre is going to be higher than 20. 30. Huh? Yeah. Jay, 10. Landry Sham at 9-5. Sarich, 9-2. And then campaign, 6. Like, I don't see that go- going anywhere. Cam Johnson, 5-8. Aaron Holiday on his restricted deal. Torrey Craig at 5. Uh, and then Ishmael Wainwright is listed It's going to be a
1: weird, that. very different offseason next season
0: yeah it's it's completely different conversations that i think almost no one is ready to have in terms of the way that they navigate this because it's uncharted waters I, I i'm saying that as myself too like this is something you got to really sit down and like figure out where they can go around i got to admit i'm waiting for david to write the story on how much money is it going to cost if they sign if if cam just gets McKell's deal and then if DeAndre gets whatever his max is or whatever, right? If, they, if that winds up happening, someone offers DeAndre the max, they match, they give Cam Mikel's deal. How much money in the tax are they paying next year? And then more importantly, how much money are they paying in the tax the year after that when Cam Johnson's deal would go in? You're making a very like, oh man, that's a lot of money. I'm wincing. You. That would be the 23-24 season. That is when you'd be talking about a whole lot of money, a whole lot of money on the books. Next year, I don't. I don't know if they run into a huge deal, because the luxury tax, like it's, it adds up over time. and multiplies whatever it does. It does some weird stuff. The longer you have it, so twenty three, twenty four, and onward. That's when it would get rough. Yeah.
1: Don't know. I mean, I I paid our coworker Danny Shapiro like a dollar for losing a vending machine bet today, and it hurt. It hurt me financially, so. That's
0: what I was trying to say. I was staring at the monitor trying to figure out a way to say that we are we have different amounts of money than other people, <laughs> though, so I don't know. We'll wait and see. There was a story last week about the Memphis Grizzlies owner and how he's now one of the wealthiest people in the world and something to the effect of that he's going to do everything he can to keep them around keep everyone together even if Memphis is about to be in this kind of situation where Jaws extensions coming up they're gonna have Jaron Jackson Jr.'s extension which is coming this offseason I think isn't that crazy by the way like Jaron didn't sign and we were like what's happening with him it's like oh he's just one of the best defensive players in the league now he's healthy he's good good for him go get that I was going to be really disappointed with him if it wound up that he's just like a stretch five who doesn't really do defense that well. It's like dude, at Michigan State, you were like incredible defensively. What happened, son? And he's like, oh no, here it is. Just three years later, not here, as here not a Porzingis guy. Thank. No, no one wants a no, no one needs Porzingis guy. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for your questions. We will be back next week. To hit on the plan more specifically, we'll have a lot more kind of like statistics and deep dives into what we said just based off of uh what we see from afar. We'll get in a little bit more closely, break down these last four games of the regular season. It is a back to back, they'll play the Lakers tonight, Tuesday night, go to LA to play the Clippers, Friday they play in Utah, Sunday back here against sacramento is it the other way around is a game in utah here i think the sacramento game's here I sacramento
1: game's here because the rally beach opens that day kellen rally beach <sighs> stay hydrated people well stay hydrated that'll be an interesting coming. experiment
0: yeah i looked i looked at the hoodies and my claws and I was like farewell friend <laughs> <laughs> see you next time all right goodbye everyone see you next week.